I'm Kelsey Ryder. I'm Natalia Raymond. And this is Angelinos in Training, a podcast for people curious about Los Angeles by people who live in Los Angeles. So whether you're moving here, new to the area, or just want to better understand LA, we're here to help you navigate the city of angels. Welcome back to another episode of Angelinos in Training. Today is our first episode with a guest. Woohoo! Yay! Yay, we're legitimate. <laughs> Today, our topic is public transportation in Los Angeles. LA is not known for having the greatest public transportation. It's known for being nope. a car city, but not everyone has a car. So we're going to find out what it's like to live in LA without a car. A harrowing, harrowing prospect. A harrowing prospect, <laughs> yes. Our guest is Christopher Gilstrap today. He lived in Los Angeles without a car for four years. That's ridiculous. I could not do that. And it traumatized me. Welcome, Christopher. Welcome, Christopher. <laughs> Hello there. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being our first guest on our podcast and taking a shot on two ladies in LA just trying to make it work. <laughs> that sounds really, really naughty, Kelsey. <laughs> Let's be real. Oh, not like that. Wow. Wow, Natalia. And this was supposed to be a child-friendly <laughs> transportation, but no. I'm having no. second thoughts about this. <laughs> no, no, come back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so... You, it was about four years, right? Because I think all three of us landed in LA around the same time, like kind of summerish 2016. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think it was all around there. And um, Christopher, why don't you tell us what made you move to Los Angeles? So yeah. I'm from Georgia originally, and I was a theater major in Georgia, Georgia Southwestern. I graduated in 2015, and um, let's see. So this. Uh, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, but it'll it'll be relevant oh, in a please. second. Uh, the, please do. We love them. The three largest third parties, like uh, third political parties in the United States, uh, at the time of the 2016 election were number one, the Libertarian Party, number two, the Green Party, <laughs> and number three, the Constitution Party, which mm. typically runs on oh. a platform of constitutional originalism, meaning... Um, let's take the country back to when the Constitution was first written and just, you know, try to be as meticulously accurate to, the, to what the founding fathers originally meant when they were drafting the Constitution and that type of thing. Ah. Um, okay. The Do they wear powdered wigs? The <laughs> ones that I have seen, no. <laughs> but I would, I would have a, a little bit more respect for them if they wore powdered wigs. <laughs> um, the 2016 presidential nominee for the Constitution Party is Daryl Castle. Mm -hmm. His daughter, okay. Joanna Castle Miller, is a writer, producer, comedian here in Los Angeles. And oh. um, she was a, um, had a, a, a residency at my college writing a movie for us to shoot. Mm -hmm. um, seeing all these historic awesome. locations in this old southern town where we were, where I was going to college, and so she she met me in that process, and we kept up via social media for a couple of years, and then uh, in 2016, when her dad ran for president, uh, <laughs> he, he's he's very conservative, and Joanna is very liberal, but they have a good relationship mm -hmm. and they love each other, and 
Daryl let Joanna vlog his campaign, kind of tag along and, you know, film and make comedy oh, wow. uh, for mm-hmm. her YouTube channel for a web series called Red, White, and Dad, uh, which you can watch <laughs> on the Red, White, and Dad YouTube channel. Um, and so as his campaign picked up, Joanna got busier and busier. And she eventually said that she said, I, I need a personal assistant. So she reached out to me in a cryptic email saying, uh, Christopher, can you send me your uh, your resume? Uh, and so I did. And then she Skyped me back when we were all using Skype instead of Zoom. And <laughs> oh, I remember those days. She said, uh, Christopher, I want you to be my personal assistant. You have two weeks to move to L.A. and begin working for me. <laughs> Do you want the job? Yes or no? Wow. Uh, I, meanwhile, I was planning on moving to Atlanta because, you know, Ah, I was in Georgia. There's a booming film industry in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And um, I just I needed to move out of my parents' house. And so I was, you know, I was I was wrestling with uh, how am I going to tell my parents that I'm I'm making this big step for myself and moving a couple hours north. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then and then so then suddenly it became, oh, okay, I'm about to tell my parents that I'm moving to the (laughs) other side of the country. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but that, that's, that's exactly what I did. So two weeks later, I was living in Joanna's guest bedroom or her, her husband's office on the, mm-hmm. um, on the, the, um, fold out couch and, nice. uh, the futon life, <laughs> the, the deal was that uh, Joanna said, I will, uh, I, we, we will let you live with us for the first month. Like, we're not going to just call you out here and then you'll be on your own mm-hmm. trying to find a place to live and a car and all that type of stuff. Um, or and, and a job because it was just part time. So I, w- I would live with I would live in her guest room for a month, and then uh, you know, and they would like I I would be able to borrow her car, and um, oh, that's great. You know, we we'd share meals sometimes, and mm-hmm. um, but then after that month, then I would be a, a little a little more on my own. And so during that month, I was extremely overwhelmed. Uh, I had a couple emotional breakdowns. Aww. Naturally. Looking for, uh, <laughs> you know, well, how am I going to make money? How am I going to uh, yeah. find a car? I've never owned a car before. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, and when, where am I going to live? Because housing in LA oh, yeah, is, that. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other issue. But uh, eventually I, real, I, 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 I realized that I, I could make this work without a car. Mm-hmm. I can just use public yeah. transit because if, you know, I, I, I was originally super intimidated by the prospect, but if I pull up Google Maps and just put the address in and then click go, you know, it'll show me how to drive there, but then I can just flip one tab over and then it plans out exactly when, like exactly what bus routes and mm-hmm. subway routes to take. And it'll give you yeah. live updates on like, what time is the bus going to be there? You know, is it running late? Is it running early? All that kind of stuff. And so that's that's just what I decided to do because I just could not afford a car, or at least I, I couldn't afford a good car. Some one I was I was comfortable driving around the right. hectic, congested streets of LA. Mm-hmm. Wow, and car insurance is so expensive here. That shocked yeah. me. That was a big sticker shock. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive, and that's quite a. Hollywood story, you know, <laughs> like that's kind of it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear everybody's kind of I don't want to say origin stories, but it kind of feels like that. Like you're yeah. the origin of arriving in L.A. Mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of have to have a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> I joke about our friends being our sponsor family because we we did the same thing. We moved down and live with them for a month 
So, yeah, you just kind of have to have a reason. But I, I was going to ask you that exact question. Why not Atlanta? There's so, I've had people move from L.A. to go to Atlanta just yeah. to do work there. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and props to people who have the, the gumption to just come out here on their own and, and strike out like that. But I would not have had that confidence uh, had, sure. it, had it not been for Joanna <laughs> reaching out and extending this opportunity to me. And sure. four, yeah, years, four years later, I'm still working for her. So That's great. That's great. Yeah. And that was supposed to be just a temporary job, right? Is that what you said? Not necessarily. Um, I mean, the like the 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 understanding was that I would uh, that I would be building my own career alongside Joanna and right or alongside alongside my work for Joanna, and that mm-hmm. could eventually result in um, me deciding to um, put all my eggs in my own career's basket and just. Taking yeah. off by sure. myself, and and just sure, sure. for reference for anyone who's listening, Christopher, can you tell us um, what kind of careers you've been pursuing? Uh, yeah. I've been pursuing acting, um, mm-hmm. both on stage and on screen. Um, I am uh, I produce my own YouTube content, mm-hmm. uh, and I do some writing as well. Great, Thanks. an all around creative. Yes. yes, indeed. And I also you just I am, need a podcast now. Uh, I'm also on the uh, executive board of um, Pints and Players, which is a drunk Shakespeare company that uh, so awesome before the pandemic would um, would meet in uh, at at Golden Road Brewery and perform Mm -hmm. free drunk Shakespeare plays. Now, were the were the audience members drunk or were the performers drunk? We were all drunk. (laughs) Uh, Were there drunk rehearsals before? (laughs) <laughs> um, I want to say yes. So you would have Sloppy rehearsals dress rehearsals. Before? I mean, we wouldn't we wouldn't get we wouldn't get totally wasted at rehearsals the same way we would um for the actual performances, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, there there was alcohol present at more than one rehearsal. Uh now, so That sounds but, amazing. So uh we would we, we would have drinking games for the audience. Um mm-hmm. so it's just for example, oh. when we did Romeo and Juliet, um Whenever someone gets stabbed or when someone dies, the audience has to has to take a shot. Uh, whenever um, <laughs> Mercutio makes a dirty joke, someone has to take a shot. Uh, whenever uh, Romeo and Juliet kiss, the audience has to chug for the duration of the kiss. Um, <laughs> oh, full waterfall! And so I love it. For the actors, we only the, our rule was we uh, we would drink if we dropped a line. So if we if we you know and of course you drop more and more lines the more and more wasted you yeah. get. Yeah. Uh, and so that and would you do a, the full play or was it abridged? It was highly abridged, yeah. Highly abridged. Yeah. <laughs> how how long would it be? Um we would aim, so we we aim for one act length. Uh-huh. It usually ends up being more like an hour and a half, but mm-hmm. when we when when we are cutting the script we're aiming for one act one act length, which mm-hmm. is, you know, like an hour. Yeah. That's fun, and I feel like that you don't like you don't get to do as much Shakespeare in Los Angeles as you do in a lot of other places. Yeah, uh, you know, there's only there's only a handful of of theater theater companies that do Shakespeare plays like like you they, they consistently do Shakespeare plays yeah. year mm-hmm. after year. Uh, I, I know I was really fortunate yeah. to work with um, Theatricum Botanicum last year and mm-hmm. um, get on the path to joining Actors Equity Association, which is the Theater Actors Union. 
uh, through a yeah. Shakespeare play. But um, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's actually that's awesome. where my boyfriend joined Equity from. Was oh, awesome. he did shows at Theatricum year after year after year for quite a while. Nice. And a lot of cool experiences. Now, on the subject of public transportation, Christopher, can you walk us through um, some of your experiences with public transportation? What uh, lines, what services would you utilize? Um, Let's see. I would use the, uh, so there's there's the subway, there's trains, and then there's buses. Um, I would use the uh, red line a lot, which is uh, so the, the 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 metro subway system in Los Angeles has different colored lines that go d- different places. And the red line is the main one that goes all the way from downtown Los Angeles up to um, the uh, North Hollywood in the valley. Uh, yeah. But then there's the there's like the gold line that goes to Pasadena and the expo line that goes to Santa Monica and the beach. And the, there's a, the purple line that goes toward um, like uh, uh, the, the mid-city area. Um, that's the subway. And then there's different colors of buses <laughs> that do different yeah. things. So there's the, there's the, basically there's red buses and orange buses. Uh, in the main, in the main like LA system, mm-hmm. that um, the mm-hmm. the red buses are usually bigger and they go faster and or they 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 make fewer stops. They go the same speed. All cars mm-hmm. go the same speed in Los Angeles. Kind of like an express bus. Yeah, and okay. then the orange buses are smaller and they make fewer stops. Or they make more stops. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, sorry. Yes, more yeah. stops. Okay. Yeah, I always thought it was confusing that they had colors but then the colors overlapped too because i've definitely researched a lot of the public transportation my husband for the first year that we lived here we only had one car and i was out you know hustling acting jobs and gigs and things and so i had the car and he was working in downtown la Mm -hmm. so he would take from uh the san fernando valley he would take the red line down and it would drop him off like a couple blocks from his building um but yeah to look at the different bus lines we were trying to see like which was better for him to take the express or not but it's like why why the colors and why yeah why have crossover (laughs) oh yeah and so that's i i I need to be clear that when i when i'm talking about the orange buses now i am not talking about the orange line capital Mm -hmm. o capital l uh the, the the orange line is one specific bus line that uh that just um traverses the the southern part of the valley yeah, that's uh, the that's, one that goes along Chandler, isn't it? Yes. And then one one thing that's kind of cool about the um, L.A. County public transit uh, system mm-hmm. is that um, your uh, I, I'm I, I assume we're going to talk about tap cards at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, your indeed. your your tap card will work um, on the uh, on, on many of the buses from other cities in L.A. County as well. That's good. Um, so it's like your 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 LA tap card is good for Culver City. It's good for Santa Monica. It's good oh. for um, the the buses, even the buses in uh, like Anaheim and some of the some of the um, OC buses. Oh, I did not know that. That's actually yeah. I didn't really know cool. that that far. That's great. I now, read that it was like you could use it for over twenty six different transit things, but I thought it was limited to LA County. So that's good to know. And if you're going, yeah, now if you're going to say Simi Valley, that's when you're going to have to um, pay using money besides your tap card, mm-hmm. ah. which I, I, I did not know 
a couple times and that yeah <laughs> now did you um, get out there and, and be yes. like oh well now i need to figure right, something you found else a way. Out. yeah <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> have you ever had experiences christopher where you weren't able to figure out which public transportation you needed to take even even though you know you have google maps online yeah. resources like that have you had times where you've genuinely been lost there have been times when my phone died. Uh huh. Um, oh dear. So yeah, I do. Um, well, before the pandemic, I did uh, background work for mm-hmm. to pay most of my bills, and uh, this mm-hmm. would involve uh, um, lots of long days on set. With mm-hmm. you know, when you you know, mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't bring a book or uh, something else to occupy your time, you you often end up with a lot of downtime. When you know, just for lack of anything better to do, you're just checking your phone all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so my phone would often be um, dead or dying by the end of the day. And so I'd, uh, because that's what I rely on for, for public transit. Um, there was one or two times when I was uh, stuck pretty far away from my part of the city where I, like I, I when, when, when I'm like closer to my house, I generally know, like I've done this long enough to know what buses to get on just so they can just take mm-hmm. me home. Um, right. Or you know, if, or if I can just find a bus that will take me downtown, then I, I, I know, I know the way back home. You know, through the the, the trains get to and like so forth. Hubs, yeah. And try to figure yeah, it out yeah, from yeah. there, yeah. Um, but there was one or two times when I just started wandering around looking for uh, <laughs> a charger, looking for an outlet. Mm. <laughs> um, because you know, it's, you know, in, ordin- ordinarily, like if I'm just genuinely stuck or lost, then I, I mm. call an Uber. Yeah, but yeah, you can't do if that. Your phone's, if your phone's dead. dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember. I remember one one time. I it was I was in Culver City, and I didn't know which way was which, and so I just found this. It was I don't know if it was like a strip mall or like a like a one floor office building. I I don't know what it was. Um, but I just <laughs> sat there uh, outside with my phone plugged in, just like leaning up against the wall, mm-hmm. uh, hoping that the <laughs> employees walking in and out wouldn't say anything to me. And they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks. You're probably not the first working or working actor whose phone has died and been abandoned in Culver City. I mean, you would want you would like to believe that's a unique scenario, but it I've definitely dropped into a Whole Foods in West Hollywood and been like, well, I don't have any money to buy anything here, but I am going to charge my phone because <laughs> I got to mm-hmm. get home somehow. So it is amazing how much we rely on our phones as far as public transportation goes, too. Like I know on the uh, Metro.net, which I didn't know this till last night as I was doing research, but LA County Metro is just Metro.net. So you can see everything you want to see there and you can plan a trip and then potentially take notes if you are a paper carrying type, but um, yeah, it's kind of amazing how phones are just how we do. And I even saw that there's now an app for the tap card, which that's new to me. That's useful. Yeah, that's super Mm -hmm. useful. So if you lose your card, you're not totally out of all of your money and you can still keep using it. I have a fact check for myself. Okay, um, you do. <laughs> while while the Orange County Transportation Authority does not use TAP, the agency will honor TAP cards when passengers board lines that directly serve Los Angeles County uh, oh. and at bus stops where Orange County Transit Authority buses directly connect with me- Metro buses. That's Okay, useful. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's cool. That's a good disclaimer, though. So somebody doesn't just like right. leave Disneyland and hop on and be like, what are you talking about? That yeah. one podcast I listened to. No. Yeah, now, that's... However, there is a um, uh, I, and I, I have a I have a, a, a story related to this later on, but there is one Ooh. bus, the Disneyland bus, I call it. That oh, yeah. Goes straight from downtown L.A. to the front gates of Disneyland. And That's it's awesome. just one two-hour-long bumpy bus ride. <laughs> and, wow! Um, before the pandemic, I would go to VidCon every year um, mm-hmm. uh, because oh, yeah. I, I I volunteer with a nonprofit um, uh, uplift um, online communities against sexual violence that mm-hmm. uh, exhibits on the oh. on, like on the uh, the floor of uh, the like the main um, exhibit hall in VidCon. And um, so I, I I didn't have a car all these years, so I would just take the Disneyland bus. Which is it's only it's it's so most like uh, buses that go that kind of distance cost a little bit more or like mm-hmm. you get on like mm-hmm. one of the like like the Amtrak trains that'll you know like it'll cost a little bit more but yeah this is just this bus is just the cost of a regular um, uh, L.A. bus that's awesome like a one way like a yeah. dollar seventy five away that's amazing yeah to get all the way to Anaheim yeah. I mean, you, you you pay for it in time, but right. you yeah. at least get to. <laughs> I would be spending, you know, four to five hours a day just sitting on that bus. Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you get car sick if you read or look at your phone or anything like that? Because that would be very unfortunate if that was the case. Most of the time, no, but okay, <laughs> it has happened depending on my constitution and at any in you know on any given day. I can yeah. see that. True. What kind of crafty you have now, Christopher? <laughs> When you've done background work and you've had to go to different areas of Los Angeles, I'm sure that you've had to see a lot of the city by um, doing this kind of work, being on different sets. Yeah. Would there be certain areas of the city that you would not want to work in specifically because you knew public transportation would be hard to get there? Yes. Um, Some of the more mountainous regions like mm-hmm. their public transit literally does not run there mm-hmm. so where, where would was, you consider the mountainous regions um like some of the the like the higher parts of tarzana or mm-hmm. um some of the like uh, um like developed area or like uh, more like suburban areas on the um like the slopes of the mountains at the top of the valley Mm-hmm. Um, Topanga, which well, I think I think that's that's technically a different city, but um, uh-huh. or like, like just anything kind of out towards Malibu. Yeah, yeah, anything yeah. kind of approaching that. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- yeah, that's public transit is uh, it's it's either it's either like only like a few times a day, and so you mm-hmm. really have to like plan your route ahead of time, or it's just not non-existent. Uh, and in fact, when I so when I was working with Theatricum Botanicum, uh, that that theater is in Topanga, mm-hmm. and where where public wow. transit does not run. <laughs> and so for you know for these daily rehearsals and performances, I would be taking the um, the Los Angeles Commuter Express, which mm-hmm. is one of those oh, large yeah. large like charter bus type buses, mm-hmm. um, with a us. A little, it's a little more expensive. The, the fare is a little more expensive. Uh, I, w- I would get on the commuter express, ride to Sherman Oaks, where my friends were staying, or where, mm-hmm. where my friends were living, um, and then uh, get in a car with them, and then we would carpool up in, into Topanga. But occasionally, um, either like one of them wouldn't be available, or just like mm-hmm. something would happen, mm-hmm. and I, that 
carpool was not available to me. So I would I would I would have to either uh, Uber for uh, an exorbitant fare, or I would have to just yeah. like try to coordinate with some other member of the cast and you know, just be a moocher and. That's that's what really did me in. That's that you know. This, so that yeah. was that was last summer. That's that's when I really ma- sat down and made the decision. Okay, I can't do this anymore. I yeah. I need to start seriously thinking about getting a car. Just because yeah. I don't. Frankly, I, yeah. I admire your tenacity for lasting as long as you did. Yeah. My husband only lasted a year on the subway, and he felt like he had lost a piece of his soul. Like, he, <laughs> like that's basically how he described it. Like he's yeah. like, I just can't do it anymore and it's not necessarily anything about the subway itself it's just that los angeles doesn't necessarily keep up like and they call it the train here like when we talk about the subway but there is actually above ground amtrak that i've taken from burbank all the way down to um irvine to Mm -hmm. meet people for disneyland like when we had one car so it's it just it's just rough like you know any subway system if you live somewhere else in the country and you've ridden a subway somewhere you know, and then when it would rain, like sometimes the tracks wouldn't work because the water would leak down because they don't have good drainage. So yeah. he was like, he said I he saw a fire start outside. I was like, okay, oh, right. I don't feel comfortable having you go underground anymore. <laughs> we need to figure something out. Yeah. But yeah, it's it it can be rough, but it also, like you said, it can be really uh convenient and be really affordable if you don't yeah. have any other options. I used to actually do a section of my tour. When I was giving tours of LA, I had a section of Wilshire Boulevard where we had nothing to look at, where I always did my public transportation in LA speech. (laughs) And I'd always open with saying, how many people here have taken public transport in LA? And usually only like a couple would raise their hands. I'd ask, what did you think of it? And they would pretty much always say, it sucks. It's not as good as it is back home. In Europe, it's better. Things like that. And mm-hmm. the the main thing, though, is that L.A. was not built with public transportation at the forefront at all. It was no. 100% designed to be a car city. It's not all around a central hub the way that a lot of other cities are. It's spread out. And that just, you know, makes it a lot harder to get around. It really, really it does. does. That's They do try to, like offer as many options as possible like there is a lot of public transportation options but i do feel like some of them aren't always maintained the best way and Mm -hmm. i don't know exactly how it goes from like city to county like who's paying or what taxes are going into what public transportation or if some of it's privatized even i don't know i mean there's there's a lot of options particularly with like rideshare um, I mean, like, I, I was even thinking, like, how did people do Los Angeles without Lyft or Uber, you know, because I moved here when it was, well, we all did, like, mm-hmm. when it was pretty normal and popular. Maybe cabs. So it's, yeah, cabs, yeah, I mean, to a point. But yeah, a lot of people, it's, it's, it's just interesting. And I think we should talk about tap cards and it. I like that we mentioned that it can be used across many different public transportations all the way out to Pasadena. Leo had coworkers when he worked in downtown LA that would take the gold line from Pasadena into downtown LA because it like literally it is faster. Like if when Leo finally commuted by car to downtown LA from where we live in the Valley, it was like an hour, an hour and a half, depending on traffic each Mm -hmm. way on the subway. It was like maybe 
35, 40 minutes because okay. you're just going underneath the traffic. Mm-hmm. So they sometimes you have time. to consider saving so much time because you're literally bored a hole between the hills in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But when I have people visit, when my mom would visit and we wanted to go to Hollywood and I didn't want to deal with parking, I'd be like, let's just take the subway one stop and then we can walk out and see everything. And mm-hmm. it does make it a lot more convenient. I haven't ridden the... I, well, I read the, rode the bus here as a tourist once for a very short distance, but I haven't mm-hmm. since living here. Though I've wanted to, but now I'm more weary just because of COVID mm-hmm. and everything. But how have you participated in public transportation much, Natalia? I have. Um, it's just mostly been a while. I I've ridden the Expo line to Santa Monica. I've ridden the Red Line a million mm-hmm. times. I've ridden some of the buses. Um, I I have a car, so I. I'm not as reliant on it as some people are, but I do feel that it is harder to navigate than it is in other cities, especially when you're new. Yeah, for sure. I um coming from Portland, it Portland they expand more and more and more, but they are like super aiming as being as eco-friendly and like public transportation accessible mm-hmm. as possible. So there's a lot of like bicycle des- designated places, which isn't necessarily mm-hmm. public transportation, but like it, there's, there's easier, um, like they, they definitely have more options for putting your bike mm-hmm. or they have the patience for you putting your bike on your bus, which some places don't always necessarily want to deal with that. Um, and they they have a lot of above ground mm-hmm. uh, trains and different things like the Max. But yeah, in L.A., it's kind of like it's kind of scattered because there are so many different things. I could see it being mm-hmm. really confusing, which I wonder, was it super confusing for you, Christopher, at first? Was it just like I mean, I'm sure it was overwhelming just to be like, now I live here and I have a month to figure out my entire life when I plan something else, like yeah. you know, but like on top of that with. How easy do you think it was to access and plan out trips? Like you just generally used Google, the Google Maps app yeah. to plan those out. Yeah. yeah. So when I started out, it, it it became this feeling of I have no idea how these buses and trains work. So thank God <laughs> I have this app that mm-hmm. will just do all the work for me. So like that, that was the starting point, I guess. Uh, but then later it became, all right, well, I generally kind of know like which bus is which and, you know, where the bus is going. But um, I'm still going to use this app. Yeah, just as a backup. I still yeah. do. I still use Google. Like I drive and I still use it because, you know, if I'm in an area that I'm not familiar with, I that's when Leo and I changed our cell phone plan. Like, yeah, you have to pay for a lot of data <laughs> just to yeah. know where you are and where you're going. Uh, one thing I'm curious about, Christopher, when you've gone around the city especially when you've had to go to background jobs, how much time have you had to devote to public transportation? You think that you would not have had to devote if you were um, driving in a car? Yes, so that is... Do you think that it's lost you a lot of time? Yes, <laughs> uh, that, that's that's what I was going <laughs> to bring up next. So thank you for asking that. Um, generally my rule for background work uh, I mean not so much for other things but for background work is um, no matter how far away it is no matter how close or far away it is always plan for two hours of uh, mm-hmm. of just like time spent on public transit are you talking each way wow. yes okay um, so and of course I mean I guess maybe some of that had to do with mm-hmm. where I lived in the city there um where were you living for the majority of your time it was 
I was living in Rampart Village, which is, okay. uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's immediately south of Silver Lake and pretty close oh, okay. to downtown. Um, and so most of the major studio lots were, or, or at least m- most of the ones where I would work, especially four years ago, were um, on the other side of the city or they mm-hmm. were up in the valley or... Um, uh, and so to like, even, even if I opened the app and the app said it would only take me an hour to get there, yeah. something would go wrong and it would end <laughs> up being, it would end up being a two hour trip. Um, and so, you know, and of course then you like, once you get to the studio lot, mm-hmm. you have to, you know, find the stage and yeah. check in. And so, yeah. but, uh, yeah. And so I would always set my, I would always set my alarm for four hours before the call time. Wow. So that's wow. two hours to wake up, get ready, make sure I've got my wardrobe, make sure I'm showered and clean shaven and um, had, you know, a, a, at least something to eat just in case mm-hmm. breakfast doesn't work out on set. Um, and then two hours of public transit. Wow. wow. And that's if you're not a lady doing your hair and your makeup, depending on yes. everything. Because, <laughs> I mean, we I, I worked background when I first moved here. That's actually how I met Christopher. We met on uh doing background for kong skull island and we weren't allowed to know what the project was i think they called it titan yes or something was the secret name and that's where i got my first sag voucher which was really exciting and i was like here's people to talk to you seem nice and friendly hello i'm an extrovert you seem quiet i'm going to talk at you Which I don't know if that was your experience, Christopher, but I—that's I, how I imagine it was. <laughs> no, I just thought here this person seems really cool. We we seem like we oh. can talk. Great. Yeah, <laughs> and then we kept meet. Yeah, and we and this is what happens too. Like if you are an actor and you come, I do recommend that you do some background acting. Like once things open up and are a little safer, because you can meet so many amazing people that are trying to do the same thing you're doing. You're gonna meet some pretty. I don't know you're going to meet people you're not going to want to associate with in the future too, but that's kind yeah. of true of any job. It's just you'll you'll when you find people, quality people you meet in common again and again. And Christopher was one of them for me. Um, I you know you kind of gravitate towards them like okay, someone I can talk to and have a yeah. have a level headed conversation. I'm going to stick with you on this gig. So Christopher. How early would you have to wake up a lot of those mornings? Oh, yeah. So sometimes it would be as early as like two or three in the morning. Uh, because you'll get you'll get ungodly early call yeah. times to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you have to be on set with your pay voucher in your hand by, say, 530 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so if it's if it's significantly far away, I'd have to wake up four hours before that. So yeah, just not fun. So when I, I I first got my car this year in March, the first week of March, so literally right before <laughs> everything got shut down, um, and so it's like it's like wow, I'm at a huge risk for I, I'm at a much larger risk for the coronavirus because mm-hmm. everyone just called it the coronavirus back then. Mm-hmm. I'm at a much yeah. larger risk for the for the coronavirus because I take public transit everywhere. Mm-hmm. Good thing I just got my first freaking car. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but I was, I was driving, I was driving to uh, work later that month. Mm -hmm. Um, this was this, this, so this was maybe right before that fateful Friday the 13th when the national emergency Mm -hmm. was declared. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, I was going to I was going driving to the Goldbergs and there was a moment at a stoplight where I just broke down and started crying. Really? Because it's like oh. this like here I am driving to work in my car which is mm-hmm. something that I have just not been able to afford mm-hmm. or not something that my family has not been able to afford for me my entire life yeah. and now I'm 27 and I finally have That's it. That's incredible. Uh, and That's it just awesome. felt like such a felt like such an emotional milestone for mm-hmm. me to for me for me to cross. Absolutely. It's a huge accomplishment. Cars are expensive. Yeah. And it, uh, my husband had a similar thing. He never had a car growing up. His family couldn't afford to get him one. So his first car was when we um, got married and we went and, well, my, like people say Subarus are great cars, but mine, I had two that died in a mm-hmm. row. But we went to a car lot and actually got one. We were like, oh my gosh, it's, a, but it was like his first car with his name mm-hmm. on it and everything and it's a big deal it's you know people don't always understand i think a lot of people in los angeles take cars mm-hmm. for granted because it is such a status here um in a lot of ways but yeah that's awesome i'm glad that you got that and you could appreciate of it course. and recognize like wow yeah. thank <laughs> that's you it's awesome yeah. especially when you've been working so hard in that mm-hmm. way yeah you had to feel like you really earned it yeah now i'm curious christopher have you had any times where taking public transportation has put you in a situation that you might have considered scary, awkward, anything like that? Any any stories that might be helpful to anyone who might be listening and curious about public transport in Los Angeles? That happened all the time. <laughs> um <laughs> There are so I was I was I was thinking before before we recorded that there there are two kind of lines of thought I think mm-hmm. regarding just just like quality of life uh, on, uh, taking public mm-hmm. transit there is the uh, the effectiveness of public transit and how that can kind of put you in some dicey situ- situations in terms of just like how the system works mm-hmm. and just like what you have to do to get to where and um, and then the the second line of thought is um, situations you encounter just with um, some of the people that you meet mm-hmm. on public transit mm-hmm. and I want to I want to be very careful here because LA has such a huge uh, crisis with homelessness mm-hmm. and with um, yeah. um, mental health as it correlates to homelessness and uh, when you when when you're telling these stories of like yeah I met a crazy guy on the subway you'll never believe what yeah like, that it, you, you get run, into dangerous territory Right, you, yeah. you you run the risk of, um, uh, especially if you're a man and you can enjoy the privilege of knowing that you're not in immediate danger in a lot of mm. these situations. Yeah, um, of yeah. Uh, just telling the story as a or uh, adopting a um, a posture or a mentality where you're just punching down at people mm-hmm. less fortunate than you. Yeah, and so I want to be yeah. very clear that, um. I, I like I I don't I I'm, I'm I don't want to to make fun of people. Mm-hmm. I I I I mention these encounters just so that people who are considering taking public transit mm-hmm. on a regular basis in mm-hmm. L.A. just so that you know that these are situations yes. that you will find yourself in. Definitely, and um, I I love you saying this so so much. Yeah, I appreciate your uh, disclaimer mm-hmm. because. Yeah, Leo definitely has told me his share of stories where he's been like, yeah, you're never riding the subway by yourself. Like, I'm just telling you, I don't feel safe to have you there. He's a tall guy. And yeah, so please, please do um, share what you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, so I have um, 
I have met total strangers who just in just in the way that they um, interact with people socially Mm -hmm. that um, boundaries do not really mean much to Mm -hmm. them or like ordinary ordinary social boundaries uh, are just are not the same for them as they are for um, for for other people. Um, And so you will have people just sit down next to you Mm -hmm. and start a conversation with you. Yeah. And like try to mm-hmm. get to know you and, you know, ask about your job and what you like. And uh, I have been um, I have been asked out uh, ah. a couple times. <laughs> I have uh, I have met total strangers who, you know, like we have this conversation and I like I, you know, I'm I, I, I don't I don't want to be an asshole to this person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm just I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of give off the vibe that uh that I, I I I'm only just answering these questions just to answer the questions mm-hmm. and not necessarily to, you know, make a make make a best friend right then and there. <laughs> um and then you know, I would I would say goodbye to this person and then a few months later I would see this exact person again. Mm-hmm. And this person <laughs> rem- remembers me. Wow. Uh, uh and so and then this person feel feels like um they have the license to be like, hey, like do you want to like hang out sometime? And I would say no, and then this person said, "Well, then, how like how do you make friends if you are your art open to the possibility of hanging out with people?" Hmm. I had someone uh, who was standing standing next to me on the subway, vomit on the floor. Mm. Um, <gasps> I had someone ask me if I was interested in doing a porn photo shoot. What? <laughs> I've had people try to promote their businesses to me right then and there. Um, and let's see. So, and then, so then this, this is a, this is one specific encounter that I, I, I wrote a Facebook post about that I would like to mm-hmm. share. Um, I was sitting at the, uh, at, at a bus stop, just, just, just waiting for the bus. And this is early in the morning. So this is before a, uh, this is before a call time, uh, mm-hmm. early call time on set. So this is from August 1st, 2017. Mm-hmm. It's 530 AM. I'm on my way to set for an early call time, and uh, a, a bedraggled, beardless man uh, approached me at the bus stop. He singled me out of the group I was standing with. So I, I wasn't I wasn't just just sitting there by myself. He I was mm-hmm. sitting with a group of people. We were all just tired and silent and keeping mm-hmm. to ourselves. He singles me out, and he says something like, "You have a nice pattern on your shirt, and you have nice hair, which means that in this moment you are a perfect person." Are you still perfect <laughs> if I begin counting? One, two, three. Oh, Are you no. still perfect? Four, five, six. <laughs> still perfect? Perfect people are always willing to learn. Are you? Young man, I am a mathematician, and I will teach you a lesson of this cosmos. Oh. The number in is a whole number. What is 1,000 in plus one? What is a million in plus one? What is a Google in plus one? What is a Googleplex <laughs> in plus one? What is infinity in plus one? I can count on my fingers. One, two, three. How many can I count on two hands? And then he looks at me as if, you know, this is the point in the lecture when, <laughs> when, when, I, when he's, he's asking me the question. So, so I said, I said, well, you can, you can count as many as you want. And he said, can I count to the end? I said, there is no end. He said, what if I counted to the end plus one? Young man, do you know what a canter is? <laughs> uh, and then that term 
struck a like rang a bell in my head. I didn't immediately mm-hmm. know the definition, but it, it rang a bell because of my religious upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I remembered, hey, a, a cantor is someone who sings liturgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and th- this this man was not expecting me to know this answer. Yeah. Uh, but he, he acted very he acted very surprised. And he said, yes, good. There was once a mathematician named David G. Cantor. He was named after the king of Israel who wrote the songs we find in the Christian book of Psalms. Um, okay. And he, he, he then he kind of went on about just like the like the biblical history of the name David. And I, I don't need to get into mm-hmm. all of that. But um, he said, David Cantor postulated that there are multiple kinds of infinities. Not all infinities are equal. Some infinities are larger than others. Some infinities encapsulate and encompass smaller infinities. For example, there is an infinite amount of whole numbers. But between each whole number, there are ten tenths. Ergo... The infinity of tenths is ten times the infinity of ones. If you have perfection at infinitum, that doesn't mean you're done. There is always more to learn, and once you've learned, it is always a joy to teach. It was a joy to teach you. Thank you for listening. And I said, I said, you're welcome. Thank you for the lesson. And then he shook my hand and walked away. And this was before COVID, so I... I I didn't have much of a qualm about shaking his hand, but yeah. yeah. Did you actually write all this down like right after? How like, did, how you, did remember you remember this? Right. Yeah. yeah no, immediately you... a- immediately after I got on the bus, I well no no I actually like, right there on the spot like while I was waiting for the, I I tried to I op- I opened up Facebook and I typed this uh-huh. thing out and I tried I tried to remember <laughs> as best I could. Um, wow. And uh, why? So I and then I googled Cantor Infinity. Uh, to, just mm-hmm. to see if his math, just to see if his, you know, his history lesson about David G. Cantor yeah. checks out. And mm-hmm. from what I can tell, um, it is not that. So David G. Cantor is a real mathematician, but he is not mm-hmm. the same mathematician named Cantor who was postulating about the different uh, types of infinities. That was Georg Cantor. Well, then forget that guy. <laughs> yeah. <You> know? right. <laughs> Why did I even attend this bus stop lecture? I'm, I'm curious, <laughs> what did this person like, like look like and like what was their vibe? I heard bedraggled. Yeah, he, he very much <laughs> had the vibe of someone who was living on the streets. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, he had he had a very good speaking voice, which mm-hmm. was, so there there's there's that that kind of um, just you know just based on the this, the perceptions that we have of mm-hmm. of people who don't have homes. There was that, that mm-hmm. kind of a, a yeah. dissonance between what he looked like and then the sound of his voice coming out of his mouth. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. He was so I think this uh, he was um, his clothes were very dirty. His uh-huh. skin he looked like he hadn't bathed in a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and he was a middle-aged man, middle-aged white man. I would love to know what his story is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, so yeah, curious. Me too. That how did the other people at the bus stop react? I was too nervous to look at them during the lecture <laughs> because I didn't yeah, during the lecture. You know, just like just because like even though this is a weird boundary crossing issue, like the situation that's sure. happening right now, like that part of me that just wants to be nice to everyone is still just like, I don't want to yeah. give off the vibe to this person that I'm uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. It, like, even though right. that would have been a valid response from me, 
So I, like I didn't want to be like looking at the people left or right of me because yeah. I, I didn't want him to feel sure. disrespected that I'm, you know, that I'm not giving my full attention to his the, yeah. to his to his wisdom. But um, yeah, what a unique interaction. And the, yeah, so then afterward, I think afterwards, I kind of s- snuck a couple sidelong glances at the people next to me, and mm-hmm. none of them really really made eye contact with me they were you know they were just like yeah. oh, well, all right well maybe yeah. only you saw him <laughs> maybe oh, he was there oh just dear. for you he was a spirit there's more there's a deeper <laughs> he was the spirit of david Cantor. <laughs> yes. just wanted to believe he came up with that system yes but it was really his brother i don't know <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's definitely a unique interaction. Mm-hmm. It remind when I, I used to ride the bus for college, which I feel like a lot of people do like in mm-hmm. smaller towns too, and like yeah. there's just not parking at your university. Yeah. Um I and did there too. was a yeah, there was a guy who rode the bus, um, and I'd see him occasionally who um he um he he would talk to you, but he would talk to you with force pointed questions. And it was always about specific dates and times. And he would ask, when was your birthday? What year? And he's like, you were born on Monday, da, 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 you know, and then you're the next time your birthday will be on a Monday will be in this year. And he could just like rattle all that off. And then he would go to his job at IHOP and I would go to school and I was just yeah. like, okay, that's just, <laughs> you know, I think public transportation, wherever you are can have, um, you can have quite unique interactions with strangers mm-hmm. and things that you would never experience any other place yeah. you know yeah within that context leo said there was a guy who always sold incense on the subway incense. like yes. every morning i know exactly yeah. who he's talking about so, like, <laughs> yeah on the red line literally today um yeah I mean, i'm just because i'm in the headspace for this episode i tweeted mm-hmm. uh i wonder how the in the red line incense guy is doing during the pandemic oh <laughs> okay. yeah I asked Leo if people ever bought anything from him, and he was like, not really. <laughs> well, that's too bad. But then I again, I don't know how good the incense is. I have, that's so true. I have, I have, inc- I have seen him um, peddling incense on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And I think he, he actually lived in my old neighborhood because, or maybe, I don't know, because I would always see him get off the bus mm-hmm. um, at that, at that stop or get on the bus at that stop or not the bus, the train. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And so I think despite the fact that I would see him on a, on, I mean, sometimes a weekly basis, uh, only a a handful of times, like two or three times did I see him actually make a sale. Oh, but he still did it every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people that that's just, I mean, that's, that's kind of similar to what he would run into. Like a lot of people, like you just... The lack of housing for a lot of people in Los Angeles definitely creates situations where Leo would see people on the subway consistently every day and Mm -hmm. he, you know, could determine that that's where they lived while the subway was running. Yeah. You know, because it's $1.75 away. So if you just stay on there, you know, I mean, I I don't. Did you ever see like people because they don't really check fare. Would you see fare ticket people very often, Christopher, like on any of these public transports? Yeah, so that reminds me of a, a whole nother. Yeah, that, that's a whole nother aspect I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, it mo- most of the time, I would say, ninety five percent of the time, it is stupidly easy to get away with 
just stowing away on the train. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, there was one dark summer when I was not doing well financially. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did just mm-hmm. for, for several weeks. Uh, it's because I wow. I just didn't want to pay that extra money for the for the, the um for the to, to load up my tap card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so then you start getting into this like mindset where it's like, all right, what's my contingency plan if I go up this escalator and I see the um the the cops waiting with the the card scanners to mm-hmm. you know check my fare? Like, do I? Uh, just, I, I mean, usually my plan is just, I just run back down and get on the train as soon as, you know, and just pray it doesn't leave fast enough. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's, I mean, even though I've been taking public transit for four years, I could probably count on one hand or count on may, 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 maybe two hands, the number of times, uh, t- to infinity, no, but you can't count on two hands, <laughs> the, n- the number of times that I've actually had my tap card scanned. Just really? to make sure that my yeah my fare is going, wow. um, and well because uh, and and a lot of the times you like you'll see you'll see the cops waiting there with the card scanners, uh, you know yeah it's just like a, a checkpoint that you have to pass, but mm-hmm. you know like there's only like two or three of them and then a hundred people getting off the train yeah they can't scan everyone mm-hmm. obviously so mm-hmm. m- most m- most of the time, um I've just uh, you know I've just walked past the cops and they haven't they haven't checked my card. Um, but then, but then there'll be those times when, when they do, when they do check your card. Um, and if they do, uh, so during, during those months when I was stowing away on the train, um, during those months, I was, I was not actually caught, but had I been caught, I could have gotten, um, a huge fine. Are they like, are they cops like LAPD or are they like, are they fair like security people like or not fair but like transit authority people they i mean so now now that i'm questioning my memory mm-hmm. it's they <laughs> they, they could be both they they, they they could be either um i know i think you, i yeah i think i've seen both depending yeah. on like the time of day yeah but i think there is a f- separate fair security because at the um the the red line stop we would normally take the universal station stop they started charging um to park in that parking lot mm-hmm. to do like a park and ride but before they weren't doing that so they had like a whole new set of security there to make sure that you were paying to yeah. park so mm-hmm. and I think it was like three dollars for the day. So it's not terrible, but then when you add that on top of that, then it's mm-hmm. you know you kind of have to do the math and figure out what's you know the best and, for you. Um, also, I want to be clear for for the listeners that we we're when we're talking about the security people checking your cards, um, we're ma- mainly talking about the uh, like some of the like the larger express buses and the train because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you cannot you can't really get away with. Um, stowing away on just a regular bus because mm-hmm. it's like, well, mm-hmm. they won't let you on unless you tap your card yeah. first. Right, um, it's right but there with at the, the train, <laughs> with, with the train, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you, you should be using the turnstiles, but the, mm-hmm. the turnstiles have this bicycle entrance that yep. you can just walk through most of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes if, depending on like where I was feeling pain-wise, I would use the disability turnstile so I wouldn't have to physically force my body through it. Mm, and it's just yeah. these two doors that open out so you could easily walk in through that way too. So I'm sure people yeah. would take advantage of that as well. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's rough. Like I when when we would go, um, you can purchase a tap card like at the station. Yeah. I don't know about like for the bus, but I know for the um for the train for the subway, you would uh, purchase it before going through the turnstiles if you didn't have a tap card already. But you could add money there. Right. Now you can do it online and do it all digitally. But um, there was a time when there was a man there who um was deaf or hard of hearing and so he was trying to sign with people to get money in order to ride the train and it it was really alarming for my friend and me because we were two women and this man was coming up and just like tapping us on the shoulders rather aggressively and but Mm -hmm. because i've worked with deaf and hard of hearing people in my uh past jobs and I know a little bit of ASL I was able to communicate with him and understand that he wasn't like aggressively attacking us but those are the kinds of things that you do kind of have to be be aware of like especially as a woman like you said you know it's it's different when you're a man but that doesn't mean like you know someone still was like trying to corner you and ask you to be in a porn photo shoot and this was before you had a quarantine mustache so you know like (laughs) it's there la is just full of a lot of different people wanting to do a lot of different things and they're and people are everywhere and particularly public transportation so I think it's um, I think it's good to hear these stories and to yeah. just know, like I I made Leo start carrying pepper spray just because he got pushed into several different fights. Like people mm. like kicked another person into him, and I was like, mm. I know that you're like a tall man that people probably aren't going to mess with you, but you are wearing business clothes, so mm-hmm. you probably look like you have money, even though you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there have there have been times when I have felt danger, because yeah. I mean there there are times when people will show up under the influence of some sort of drug or mm-hmm. um, they're just in some kind of headspace where they they want to say violent things or sometimes do violent things, mm-hmm. whether it be you know just like just for example punching the window on the mm-hmm. bus. Yeah, um, and that I mean that can be scary. No matter now, who you are. when you've when you've had situations like this, Christopher, where you've felt unsafe, mm-hmm. was it typically during a certain time of day? Mm, no, mm-hmm. I have I've had those experiences all hours of the day and night. at all hours. <laughs> yeah, the day and night, anytime it's operating, mm-hmm. you too can experience an unsafe. <laughs> no, not I mean I I I don't want to scare people off from public mm-hmm. transportation because I yeah. think it's good and I think it's important. And there are certain areas where it's really useful and makes more sense because e- even if you have a car, parking is just yeah. a whole nother thing mm-hmm. on its own. So yeah. um, like to um, my doctor's office is not that far and um, mm-hmm. they don't have a parking lot. And so I've um, intended to take the bus and then a friend literally happened to be driving by and was mm-hmm. like, do you need a ride home? And I was like, okay. But that just was a lucky happenstance. And, you know, it's I think it's really useful and pretty affordable considering how big the city is. Yeah. And how far it can go. There's actually one topic that I really want to bring up just for listeners is L.A. is trying really, really hard right now to improve public transportation. There are so many plans for ways it can improve in the next 10, 20 years. And there's actually a lot under construction for 
LA public transportation. And actually, one of the things I'm most excited for is the uh, purple line. The yes. purple line that's going to be going along Wilshire. I would do a whole bit on it <laughs> when I was doing my <laughs> tours. And I, I was always like, it's going to be great. The UCLA students are going to get to have internships in Beverly Hills because <laughs> yeah. they can just take the purple line right there. But how how awesome is it that we're going to be able to have a subway in Beverly Hills? That's pretty cool, yeah. I feel like. Well, of course, but- the people in Beverly Hills hated it. But- I, was, <laughs> I was just going to say there was a lot of protests around. Oh, I that. know, I know. And like other like not they they would dance around the subject of having the poors travel public transportation <laughs> into Beverly Hills and be like, no, we're thinking of our children and we don't want there to be digging underneath their schools. And it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. I nobody wants digging underneath anything. <laughs> but like we, you know, this is a shaky city enough as it is. But yeah. it, yeah, no, I I totally agree. I'm completely excited about that that yeah. prospect, and it yeah, it kind of blows my mind to think about public transportation to Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And it's just Wilshire is such a busy business and commercial area, yeah. and yeah. it's it's actually I I was reading some stat recently. One of the buses that goes along Wilshire, I think, is actually the busiest bus line in the entire country. I mean that makes sense. And so it's going to it's going to help so so much. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. cuz traffic in that area. I don't know if you've ever driven along Wilshire like going under the 405 at rush hour, but I've oh, been boy. stuck at like one intersection for like an hour there. <laughs> so it's going to be yeah. it's going to be very helpful, <laughs> trust me. What what have been some of the other uh main differences that you've noticed uh between here and uh back home in the south? Um, the traffic, mm-hmm. yeah. that's just not something we had to deal with in, uh, in, in Warner Robins, Georgia. <laughs> mm. Um, let's see. I actually, I made a li- I made a list of like specific like culture yeah. shocks and differences and I just pulled it up and so oh, I'm yeah. reading from that. Um, helicopters, helicopters uh-huh. oh, yeah. everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to live in uh, somewhere that's farther away from the the, the center of Los Angeles right now. But Mm -hmm. back when I lived in Rampart Village, I could not record a podcast like this without (laughs) helicopters thundering overhead every few minutes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We, we've we've definitely had to hold for yeah we've done hold, yeah. hold for the chopper <laughs> <laughs> we're we're I mean you for sure Natalia but I definitely yeah. get a lot of helicopter traffic uh-huh and that yeah that is a weird culture shock thing that it takes a while to get used to uh so this is something else that I wrote in Georgia artsy guys and dude bros are usually two distinct breeds of oh, male I human. Love this. But in LA, more often than not, the dude bros are the artsy types, and it really throws me off. I love this so I love much. That. It's so real. Oh, it's, it really hits the nail on the head. I, yeah. I hadn't considered it in those words, but yeah. Oh my gosh, you this nailed is it, totally, that's, that's totally something I was telling someone the other day, because I was, except I was I was going with the females. I was like, in LA, like the there are super artsy like serious girls who care a lot about acting and like mm-hmm. nerd out about all these things, but they're hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then another thing about uh, just the nature of interactions and friendships with people on a regular basis, it takes mm-hmm. 
so much more effort, I think, to maintain yes. friendships. Um, and I, I don't know if this is an L.A. thing or just a big city thing in general, but because everyone, well, I mean, L.A. is one of the most congested cities in the world, not just yeah, America. Mm -hmm. And because people are so spread out and it takes so much time and effort and just just commitment mm -hmm. to get to people. Um, I mean, especially before the pandemic, when we yeah. were getting to people on a you know more regular basis, mm -hmm. like you really have to be dedicated to your friendships and relationships to make them work in LA. And uh, this is an another thing that I wrote. Uh, you will like you will have what feels like strong bonding experiences with people you meet due to just the nature of the art you work on together or some mm -hmm. other circumstance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because, you know, I mean, I mean, a lot of us are in the arts here in L.A. Um, and you will you will walk away from these encounters like, wow, I feel so close to this person. Now we're going to be lifelong mm -hmm. friends this is the beginning mm -hmm. of a beautiful friendship. I can't wait to hang out with this person again. And then it just never happens. You never see that person yeah. again. And it, it's not, you know, it's it's not due to any moral failure on either of your parts. It's like that's just the nature of life in LA. Sometimes yeah. I know for me, it's because I hate driving. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in part, I it's not that I hate driving. It's I hate trying to find where to park. Like I get yeah. so much anxiety figuring out where I am going to park or how much I'm going to have to pay to park or how long can I park there so that you uh. can't even enjoy the time you're spending with the person. <laughs> and that's not yeah. even using public transportation. This is like with the freedom right. of a car. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the new set of challenges that I'm taking on in the year 20. Right, yeah, I bet you're, you're like, oh, this is the best. Oh, wait, there's a whole new... <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Natalia and I have really, really stuck it through. Like, you know, making mm -hmm. friends, especially I feel like making friends as like you know, adults, like that's just yeah. hard in general in life. Right. And, but like to, when you're, you're absolutely right. You meet a creative person and you're like, I moved across the cut. So did I. Oh, we're both here in LA. We have so much. Okay. Never see you again. <laughs> like you do have to make the effort. Like yeah. if you just get social connections on social media, it's not always the same. But then there's yeah. also the aspect of when you meet, Certain creatives in Los Angeles, not all, some people you might find later on, like, maybe weren't really intending to befriend you for really genuine reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, yeah. I'm a casting you... director, so that might be <laughs> why that's been my yeah. experience. <laughs> oh, she's on to me, Christopher. We got to go. We got to go. You weren't a casting director until like like a couple years ago, though. So yeah, I'm yeah. just in it for the long con. That's what this really <laughs> the is. The long con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's a really good point, Natalia, mm -hmm. for sure. Like, especially if somebody hears that you know somebody or you've been on something, you've done like that they perceive to be a connection that they can now make, and then suddenly yeah. you're like, yeah. Or they're trying to sell you something because they've got the new multi-level marketing thing to try yeah. to, you yeah. know. Like uh, there was unquote. a girl who I met who was like, yeah, let's be friends and stuff. And she had kind of misinterpreted something I had said. I guess hmm. she thought that like I had like booked a lot more acting work than I actually have just based off of mm -hmm. something she misinterpreted. She was like, let's get coffee. I want to talk to you, blah, 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 all this stuff. I mm -hmm. met up with her. And she, like, I could tell very much she was trying to, like, sort of use me. Like, yeah. oh, I'll get in with her and then I'll get on her level and stuff. And when, 
when I talked with her and I was really, really honest about where I actually am in my career, she immediately seemed less interested and I never heard from her again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Yeah. I had another friend who told me a story about her. She wanted to do comedy. She was actually going to Second City, too. Um mm-hmm. And she's, like, has been searching and trying to find, like, uh, you know, the Amy Poehler to her Tina Fey to finally have, like, a comedy. And she, this girl, like, they really connected, they really clicked. And then she found out she was, like, trying to sell her some sort of multi-level marketing diet plan (laughs) and was just, like, completely heartbroken. And it's uh, unfortunately a, a common tale. But when you do find the people, you you hang on to them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're kind of like, okay. Um, you're, you're somebody I can, uh, tether myself to and we can ride this crazy storm out together, however it may be through careers and things. I want to know what were stereotypes about LA that actually turned out to be true for you? Hmm, let's see. Um, one, one, one stereotype that definitely proved true is that, uh, a lot of people in LA are very health conscious and very environment conscious, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. like is really great. We need more of that for sure. Um, but it, like, sometimes it results in situations where um, I'm at some sort of gathering or social event and the menu is just not what I was prepared for, uh, which, <laughs> which, which can be rough sometimes. I end up just like, okay, I'm just going to be famished through this event and then just go out to Taco Bell as soon as, as soon as <laughs> but, and, but, and then, so then uh, like the other, the, the only really like major LA stereotype that I can remember that I had in my mind was that everyone in LA is a YouTuber. And because, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, back in Georgia in high school, I went like the, the period of time in the like late 2000s, early 2010s, when I was like really just like jazzed about watching all these different YouTube channels and content creators is that so many of them lived in LA and, you know, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. even if they didn't like show like specifically say that in their vlogs, you would see just like the palm trees in the background. It's like, wow, they li- really live in a mm-hmm. big city with lots of palm trees. Um, and I mean, there, there is some partial truth to that because that was in the heyday of Maker Studios, which is that really big, mm. um, uh, uh, like, in, or it, it was like a, 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 a studio for YouTube creators developed by um, the mm-hmm. Fine Brothers and some other um, prominent YouTubers back in back mm-hmm. in what I call, would call the golden age of YouTube. But um, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's already been a golden age of YouTube. <laughs> oh yeah, and we're past it. Oh, yeah. Um, oh Natalia, sorry to say. <laughs> and then I I'm an old fart. And then I moved to LA and while it might not necessarily be YouTube, like the 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 spirit of that stereotype I would say is definitely is definitely true. Like everyone's either got a YouTube channel, got a SoundCloud, got a mm-hmm. podcast, everybody's got their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and more power to more power to them that they're trying to um you know just use as a creative outlet and put themselves out there try to promote and uh, and and mm-hmm. I, I or their TikTok. I am certainly one yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Christopher? <laughs> Kelsey, as you know, I hate TikTok. <laughs> yes, Natalia is against all progressive social technology. <laughs> I'm not like for TikTok, but I don't I like it. She, she is the the grandma friend. I am the mom friend. <laughs> I have yeah. nothing against TikTok. It's just not for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's I, very much not for me. I only have data mining against TikTok. I don't know if that got worked out or not, mm. but who knows? Everybody I just knows. don't get the appeal of vertical videos, and I feel like yeah. they're too short for people to, like, show more in-depth talent. Yeah. Well, and that's not what it's for, though. It's for, like, do this silly dance move to a remix of Carol Baskin talking about, or no, about whatever, Joe Exotic talking about Carol Baskin. You know, that's that's ultimate for. Quick. I'm too old. I know. It's okay. I'm too old. It's okay, Grandma. Cool. It's okay. We'll get you your medicine soon. <laughs> um, so those are definitely stereo- I mean, yeah, I would agree with you there for sure in my experience too. Well, and what mm-hmm. would make me crazy, or not cra- I didn't say crazy, what would make me frustrated is when people were doing these things just to be doing them because they think mm-hmm. this is going to either make them fit in or launch their career or whatever it is, but like not necessarily in earnest for being healthy, but it, but to be on the trend of whatever it is necessarily or whatever yeah. other people around them are doing. Um, Christopher, I would love to hear a little bit about um, what's been going on in your acting career. Do you have representation? What kind of projects have you been working on? All those kinds of things. Let's see. So I... I went without representation for a couple years. I uh, was represented by a, a a questionable managing group for about a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, they okay. were like they were a real group, and they they got me real work, including my first mm-hmm. uh, SAG lead role, which was on the Snapchat mm-hmm. original miniseries Solve. Where uh, oh. it's it's like a different mystery each episode, and one episode, yeah. Beach Week Bandit, I played, uh, <laughs> and, and without giving anything away, an important character. Um, mm-hmm. Were were you the bandit? Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh! <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and then they um, they got me an audition for um, for uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway. Which, oh wow! You know, then this was this was of course back when I was just super jazzed about the Wizarding World franchise, but mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah, no this so this is a whole another uh, slightly related to something earlier in the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, one of the, one of the just like strange encounters with someone that I've had on public transit was on my way to uh, to that audition. There was a guy. Really? There was a guy who saw me like kind of looking at my lines on the, on the bus, and then he sat. Uh-huh. This is a this guy in his like mid to late 30s he sat down next to me and he demanded to be to like help me with my lines because he was just Aww. so um okay uh so confident in my abilities and so he he was like okay let's just like do the scene with me do the scene with me man um <laughs> so yeah so that's we really... we, I, we did a line that's kind of sweet <laughs> yeah um, that's cool but yeah so uh what was what was the question What's, what's been going on oh, in right, your right, acting right, right, career? Right. What have you um, been working on? Yeah, okay, so right. And so I was talking about I was talking about this this one uh group. Um but they they had some sketchy practices and I got a kind of a bad vibe from okay. uh a certain member of this group and who was kind of a bully and so I uh, I had my contract with them for one year and then I was gone. Um but then recently, uh right as the pandemic was beginning, I got picked up by the Daniel Hoff agency for um oh, for commercial mm-hmm. auditions 
And mm-hmm. so I they uh, they they told me that I was going to have my my orientation with the group on uh, it was it was a, a day late in March. But then the lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. And so they said, all right, well, we're not going to give you an orientation, but we're still going to have you in the system. and We'll still be submitting you. So they've yeah. they've been submitting me for, you know, whatever sundry pandemic gigs have come their way. <laughs> Um, so yeah. are you represented just commercially with them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still seeking awesome, representation um, uh, across the board. But um, mm-hmm. but recently I um, I I got cast in the say SAG after comedy series We Are Your Pals. It's a, a, a sketch mm-hmm. comedy show, and so that's 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 been a lot of fun. And that's awesome. uh, so we so. we just wrapped earlier this month uh last week actually it, uh, one one week ago today we just wrapped uh and so i I, awesome. I, w- I wish i could share more because things are still kind of under wraps but uh, <laughs> Put together. yeah i'm really That's excited follow <laughs> follow we are your pals on instagram the handle is at okay. sign uh we the letter r and then your uh-huh. pa- your pals nice nice well, tell, what's your youtube channel again plug that my youtube channel is hark vlogs H A R K V L O G S, all one word. Um, okay, so that like that's that's film, my career film wise. Mm-hmm. Theater, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've already told you about Pints and Players. Uh, I, I already told you about uh, I got to work with Theatrical Botanicum. That was my so uh, we we did a Midsummer Night's Dream at Theatrical Botanicum. Uh, that was my mm-hmm. first professional theater role. Um, awesome. I was really looking forward to working with them again this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, things changed. Yeah. And just to be clear, that's a sober Shakespeare group, right? Correct. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Just making sure that we all know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as we wrap it up, uh, Christopher, do you have any last uh, helpful hints, anything you want to say to someone who might be considering moving to Los Angeles? Or stuff you wish you would have known before lo- moving to Los Angeles? Let's see. I wish. I mean, this. I mean, this. I. I chalk this up to just my, my youth and my inexperience in the world. But we're all. We, we were all there at one point. Um, I wish I had just known all of the options that were available to me when it comes to making a life for myself in LA, like, uh-huh. um. Uh, like communal housing options and just different like. Mm-hmm. Facebook groups where people are posting listings all day long. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, just so I mean, I, it, it'd be good, to, I think, to just like shout out that um, literally every house that I have ever lived in L.A. And I've lived in um, four different places besides you know, once I got out of my boss's guest room, I've lived four different places. Mm-hmm. Literally all four of those places. I found them on uh, a, a on a Facebook group called Ghostlight Housing West Coast. And mm-hmm. I have had no success finding a uh, finding affordable housing uh, through through any other service. Just not to say okay. that there is that's no awesome. success to be had on any other service. It's just that success has not been had by me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just I wish I had known just kind of just just what resources are available to people. You know, just trying to make a living for themselves. I wish I had known that you that that there's a there are a lot of decent cars to get on craigslist um mm-hmm. which i mean Craig, craigslist can be kind of a a no man's land when it comes to 
uh, you know, whether or not everything. someone is legitimate, <laughs> like the person you right, yeah, everything. <laughs> but um, but but like my my car that I got that I love, I got on Craigslist. Um, wow, I wish great. I wish I had known just about public transit, which is why I'm, mm-hmm. which which is why I think this podcast is such a good idea in this episode. <laughs> and I wish I had known yeah. about background work. Because um, mm-hmm. I I don't know what I would be doing, you know, for a, for for like ninety percent of my income had it not been for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. when things are up and running, you really can make like I, I wouldn't say a living, but you can definitely um, make a survivable living. Yeah. Right, going from background mm-hmm. gig to background gig, and that's what I was doing at the beginning too, as well. Now, uh, Christopher, you already plugged uh, the series that you're going to be in. You plugged your YouTube channel. Um, any other uh, social media or YouTube channels that you want to plug for anyone who might want to follow Let's you? Let's see. I am uh, The Gillstrap on uh, all <laughs> social media. Uh, well, I say all. On, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so that is at sign T-H-E-G-I-L-S-T-R-A-P. Gillstrap is my last name. Mm-hmm. And let's see, yeah, and then you know my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash harkvlogs. And my, uh, so harkvlogs is is a, um, a vlog series where I just talk about oddly specific topics, things from history, things from fandom, just anything that I don't think pe- people really know about that I want them to know about that is mm-hmm. usually kind of just <laughs> niche and fun. Um, but I am in the, in the uh, process of making a new web series to go on that channel called The Plague Doctor mm-hmm. Diaries, where I talk about uh, current events from the perspective of a, me- of a medieval plague doctor. And it'll be kind of a, um, a dark, uh, dark satire comedy. Um, Love it. Because my, it sounds so fun. My Hark vlogs, I try to make my Hark vlogs as friendly and bright and positive and just uh, it, not, not like turning anybody off with controversial issues. I try to just have that mm-hmm. tone, but that tone is not really mm-hmm. equipped, I think, to discuss some of these uh, bigger issues that I want to kind of touch on, which is why I have you know this completely different in tone Plague Doctor series. But yeah, it's awesome. His awesome. Hark vlogs are really fun. I've watched a lot of them. Thank you endorsed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, um, Christopher, I want to thank you so much for coming on our podcast and for being our first actual guest. You're welcome. What? Thank you so much. And we we were talking just before we started recording that this is the first podcast that I have ever been on in in any like regular speaking capacity so i'm glad it was a positive experience for me too thank you for that yay thank you so so much yes thank you for joining us and uh and thank you for all of your like super helpful advice and uh interesting stories slash warnings about public transportation (laughs) so we appreciate it we will have you on in the future again i'm certain of it yes Thanks once again for listening to our episode on Los Angeles. Hopefully you've learned some tips and tricks about public transportation, um, heeded some worthy and good advice from our friend Christopher, and we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Just a reminder, the content of this podcast is based on our own opinions and personal experiences and may not reflect the opinions and experiences of all Angelinos. Music by Leo Jackson. 
Artwork by Trevor D. Richardson. Additional research by Natalia Raymond. And edited by me, Kelsey Ryder. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Angelinos in Training and on Twitter at Angelinos Pod. Want us to cover a specific topic about LA? Email us at Angelinos in Training at gmail.com. <laughs>